Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Hey everybody, welcome to another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer. We're moving into the second month here of baseball around the world, mostly being shut down by the coronavirus. The Chinese Professional Baseball League in Taiwan and the Korea Baseball Organization in South Korea are playing, but stateside baseball here remains shut down. We've talked to a couple of players just about what they're doing to stay ready during this time. Last week, we spoke to a pitcher, Orioles top pitching prospect, Grayson Rodriguez. This week, we're bringing in the vantage point of a position player. We're happy to be joined by Braden Shoemake. Shoemake was an all-SEC performer at Texas A&M and a two-time member of USA Baseball's collegiate national team. He was the 21st overall pick in the draft last year by the Braves. Got up to AA in his first season after signing and was set to open at AA Mississippi this year before everything got shut down. Braden is kind enough to join us from his home in Texas just to talk to us a little bit about what he's doing to stay ready and what this process has been like for top draft picks from last year who were expecting to go into their first full seasons this year. Braden, for a player like yourself who was just getting ready for his first full season, just how disappointing was it to have a shut down or delayed by the coronavirus? Yeah, it's it's definitely tough. Um, I mean, getting being able to go to big league camp, getting to be around those guys, getting to learn a bunch of things for about a month and a half or so before minor league camp got rolling. It was a lot of fun. I mean, there was a lot of excitement in the air. I was excited to get rolling. I was excited to start the season. Um, excited for the guys I was going to get to play with again in Double A. We had a good group that we felt was going there, and uh, everything came to a screeching halt really quick. So. It was tough, um, but obviously we're trying to make the most out of it. There's not really much we can do about it, so that's kind of where we are right now. Camp was obviously in Florida. You live in Texas. What was that process like getting home? Was it hectic? I mean, take us through what that was all like. Yeah, it was very hectic. Um, So we were actually in the middle of a simulated game um, on, on one of the backfields. A couple of the big league guys needed to throw. And we were supposed to go do um, some hitting stuff afterwards. And they came to us about the fourth inning of that game. I was like, hey, after we're going to cut this game to six. And after this game, you guys need to go home. And everybody was really confused as to what was happening. Um, and then we got a call at about four o'clock and said, hey, we have a meeting. I'm up here at 630. need you guys here. So we got into the meeting and they basically said, look, if you're flying, we booked your flights. If you're driving, you need to leave first thing in the morning. <laughs> so it was a scramble to get everything together get your car packed and get out of there the next morning. Yeah, no, I can absolutely imagine. I mean, it was just a lot of confusion, I would imagine. I mean, how are you guys just kind of processing everything? Because like you said, this all happened really, really quickly. 
Yeah, we walked out of the uh, auditorium that we had our meeting in, and we have our little, our big agility field right outside of it. And you see, and there was probably thirty guys out there on the phone trying to figure out what to do. So it was just there were people everywhere that weren't sure what to do. A lot of questions being asked that the our organization really didn't have the answer to because it's so last minute. And it was, I mean, it was very hectic. Nobody really had any idea what was happening other than we were going home. Obviously, like you mentioned, a very hectic situation. Luckily, you were able to get home safely and return to Texas. Are you staying with family? Yeah, I, I went back and lived to live with my parents. Um, I hadn't planned on getting a place or apartment or anything until this next off season. So I hadn't even looked for anything of that nature at all. So yeah, I'm, I came back and stayed with my family. Um, my fiance lives like 30 minutes from me. So I'm back and forth, go to her house every now and then. Um, but other than that, yeah, stay with family. That's kind of the best route that I felt was going to be the best and easiest. Absolutely. It's a decision a lot of people made, obviously, both in baseball and just the world in general. So staying with your family back in your hometown, what are you doing to stay ready and and how difficult is it? Yeah, I got really lucky. My dad coaches uh, over here at UT Dallas, so I have a field that we go, or we have his field, we go hit and take ground balls, throw and do all that stuff on. So I've been able to do that a lot. Um, For a while there, we were working out up there, but everything in Dallas County got shut down, so we weren't allowed to go up there. And um, just recently, a couple coaches that I know from high school have been able to open up their gym, and just a couple of us guys have been able to go in there and work out. So I've been able to work out four to five times a week for the last couple of weeks and get out and hit on uh, on his field and take ground balls. So I've, I've been in good shape. I think I'm, I'm good to go whenever they do call us. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, it's one of those things when you don't know when you're coming back, you kind of have to be ready at all times. Is it tough to stay mentally prepped, kind of dialed up to 10 all the time, not knowing when you're actually going to go back? Absolutely, it is. I mean, there are days where you'll wake up and, I mean, think to yourself, I really don't want to do anything today, but, you know, I, I don't know if I, I can be, what if I go back tomorrow? I mean, it's not likely, but what if I go back tomorrow and I didn't do anything for the last three days, then I'm really not ready. So it's it's kind of a, a hard little balance to figure out how much you need to do, but not necessarily overdo it to where you burn yourself out before you even start playing. So you mentioned you're in the gym four to five days a week. How many days are you at on the field? Um, well, when we first started, we weren't sure how long this was going to last, so we went at least five days out on the field. Um, and then as we kind of figured out it was going to take a little longer, we've, we've dialed it back to about three days on the field, four days on the field, and then... Um, the more we're hearing about us going back, where you're starting to ramp it up a little bit more and go four to five times out on the field as well. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of just the things you can do while you're out there, what kind of work are you doing on the field? Are you facing live pitching? Are you doing soft toss? Are you in the cages? What is the process for you to get ramped up here? So when we hit, we hit out on the field. We always when we start with T. We like to see the ball fly off the T. We do that kind of thing, and then. Uh, we do a really short, brief round of flips, and then my dad will just throw BP to me. Um, so we normally do that, and every now and then we'll do a uh, drill. We call it 21 feet. Basically, he sits on a, he'll sit on something and sit about 21 feet from me, and he'll throw it at, we have it, it's like 30 miles an hour or something like that. It's equivalent to 90 to 92 miles an hour. So that's the way we try to see VLO. Um, but other than that, no, I haven't seen much live. 
Yeah, it, it takes a lot of creativity. I mean, obviously there's a lot of drills out there. And How much creativity do you have to incorporate to simulate, like you mentioned, the velocity or even when you're taking ground balls, the velocity off the bat, it's, it's a little different when you have your dad or a coach hitting it versus when it's coming off the bat, you know, full speed uh, off a 95 mile an hour fastball. Yeah, you have to be creative definitely with different things you do. Um, I mean, it, it, it comes down to almost the science where you're, you're stepping off so many steps to get to where you're throwing from a certain spot and you're trying to throw it this hard and there's a lot that goes into it that I didn't even realize until this all happened of how intricate those little things are and how precise you got to be to try to see velo and that kind of thing um, when I was in college we always just set up a machine and the coaches had it at a certain spot and they said they put it on the right thing all we had to do is turn it on and it threw hard enough to where we were seeing what we assumed was the right velo so I didn't really understand all that kind of stuff until all this kind of hit us. It's been really interesting just to hear about the different players and coaches, you know, the interactions with their teams and some of the drills they've come up with to try and simulate those situations. You mentioned it's you and your dad. Is there anyone else out there with you, brothers, friends, stuff like that, or is it really just you two? Uh, it's normally just me, him, and then his assistant coach will come out there every now and then. But it's normally just us two out there. You mentioned the fact that there's a coaching background there. That certainly helps. How much interaction are you having with your coaches and coordinators in the Brave system right now? Honestly, not not really that much. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll talk to them about every 10 days or so that they're kind of asking, like, how are you doing? What are you doing to stay up with up to date with all your stuff? How, how are you taking ground balls? Are you hitting in the weight room? That kind of thing. So, I mean, they, they reach out and kind of see what you've been doing, but they don't, I mean, there's not a, really a whole lot else they can do at this point. Yeah, it's tough. Is there video that you're taking and sending to them, stuff like that at all? Um, I haven't done, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take some video and send it to them, yeah, but I haven't done a whole lot of that yet. They kind of just, I mean, we were just getting to the point where people were liking their swings and that kind of thing. So it's more of watching video from where what you had in spring training and trying to duplicate that. As you've gone through this pandemic now, so much of life, especially for a player of your caliber, it's been baseball almost year-round between high school and the showcase circuit and college, summer ball, just everything. The commitments are pretty extensive. How weird has it been to not be playing live baseball games? When was the last time you actually had a break this long from not playing ball? Um, honestly, in high school, I, I played football and basketball for my first three years, and I played football four years, so I got a little break there um, to play football. Now, this is definitely the longest I've gone without doing any kind of competitive activity, um, but yeah, I played football for the four years, so I've never played a ton of fall baseballs, which was actually kind of nice to get a little break and then jump right back into it after that was over. Yeah, no, absolutely. Burnout's a very, very real thing. And in that multi-sport background, I'm sure, served you very, very well. Obviously went on to a, a very successful college career and became a first-round pick. Looking back, one of the things that was talked about in your scouting report was obviously that you're a very, very talented player, but like most young players, still working to fill out, you know, just continue to get stronger. How's that physical buildup been? You mentioned there are some gyms available, but there's been openings and reopenings, and it's been a little uneven. How's a player such as yourself able to kind of do some of that physical bulking up, if you will? Uh, it's, it's a lot of eating. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously eating as much as you can, but in between meals and like after workouts, um, 
our nutritionist, she sent me, I think there's like four or five different shakes to drink and they range from anywhere from 500 to a thousand, 1100 calories. So I, after I get done with the workout, I'll drink a, at least a 10 or at least a thousand calorie shake and then eat dinner probably within an hour after that. Well, so how many calories would you say you're putting on a day? Uh, well, we're trying to put in about five, 6,000. Wow. Certainly. Yeah. We're trying to put in as many as we can. And then in terms of working out and translating that into just strength, I mean, what's the weightlifting regimen like and how consistent is it able to be under the circumstances? Well, since I've been able to get into this gym, it's been about five, um, it's been about five times a week. Sometimes there's the, the group that we go, that goes, goes six times a week. Sometimes there's some days, some weeks we go six, some weeks we go five times a week. So it's been five times a week and normally we hit a, like a back and bys and then a chest and triceps and then a leg day. And we try to hit every group twice a week if we can go for all six days. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where obviously it's not the team facility, but being able to have that consistent place to work out, having that consistent access to the field, it seems like on the whole, you've been able to kind of maintain a, a fairly steady baseball routine in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's been, it was kind of shaky there in the middle when everything got real bad with Corona and all that kind of thing. But it's, um, it's definitely, it started off all right with being able to work out and it's definitely gotten better here towards the end of this. Absolutely. You know, on the whole, what do you want to accomplish during this downtime? Obviously, you know, everyone has plans. They kind of got sidetracked by the coronavirus. Looking at, you know, this six to eight week period, however long it is before you guys are able to get back on the field, potentially even longer. What are the main things you want to try to accomplish during this downtime, if you will? Uh, personally, I just I want to be ready to go um, whenever they tell us we need to be back. Now, we've all heard that we may not even people may not even be able to play games. Um, a group might go to spring training facility, maybe, and just be ready in case somebody in the big leagues were to get hurt or something like that. We don't even know really what's going to happen, but um, what I try to do is always assume that we're going to, I will be, we'll be playing games within the next two months. So I'm trying to be as ready as possible when those games come. So that if there are people that kind of aren't as ready, that you can kind of surpass them and put yourself ahead of them and, and the, and the, uh, the coaches and then the, um, development development guys eyes so just try to get in front of as many people as possible once we get back and be in tip-top shape obviously this was expected to be your first full season what were your goals for this season and are they still the same goals or did you have to adjust them a little bit knowing that the season will be shortened or as you mentioned potentially limited to maybe just being at spring training sites um i mean I think everybody's goal once you get the double A is you want to make it to the big leagues, obviously. But, I mean, there's only so much you can control from that standpoint. So it was really just trying to have – trying to duplicate a good year. It was trying to have another great year. I feel like if you can put more – like a lot of good years on top of each other um, and not focus on um, – not focus on anything that's – I mean, not focus on the numbers, I guess you could say. If you don't focus on the numbers as much as you focus on kind of the process and of developing – um, and like taking one step at a time, I think that's going to be easier to get where you want to go versus focusing on, Hey, I got to hit 300. I got to hit this many home runs. I got to do this, this, and this, and then you're going to put pressure on yourself. You're not going to do it. 
for you, especially, you know, being a first round draft pick, the excitement of the first full season, has it been difficult to kind of adjust the expectations a little bit? Yeah, mentally is mental strength. I think is is really huge, and I mean, obviously, it is in the game of baseball, and you don't realize it until you have to become that guy. Whether it's on your your college team or your high school team, if you come out of high school, you're that guy. And there's every you go into every game, and every team on the, every team circles your name and says that guy's not going to beat us. So then you have to try to. You just have to try to find other ways to help the team win. Whether they're not going to throw you strikes and you take your walks and do all that other stuff, or if they make a mistake, you got to be ready to hit it. You can't kind of check out from that standpoint. But it, the, every team has your name circled, so it's definitely kind of a cat and mouse game of trying to figure out a way to help the team, but not trying to do too much in that at the same time. And obviously, you had a great group of guys you played with for a long time in college. You got into pro ball last year at low class A Rome and then finished up at Dublin, Mississippi. How much interaction are you having with your teammates right now, both you know college teammates and pro teammates during all this? Um, I mean, aside from my roommates that I had in college, I don't, I mean, I haven't gotten to talk. I mean, I've talked to those guys probably once or twice and over this whole, this whole time, really not that much. Um, but obviously, the guys that I roomed with in college, I talked to pretty much on a daily basis. Um, but then again, I mean, we got—I mean, I probably talked to Shay maybe once a week or so, just trying to see what he's doing. Um, but uh, I don't have as much communication as I'd probably like. I mean, I like talking to those guys and seeing what they're doing, that kind of thing. But um, at the same time, everybody's doing what they need to do and everybody's schedules are so different when it comes to lifting and hitting and doing all that kind of thing. So it's kind of just a, everybody's just kind of scattered out right now trying to figure it out on their own. Yeah. You mentioned Shea Langoliers. He was the catcher the Braves took ninth overall last year. You were taken a few picks later, 21st overall, both Texas college guys, him at Baylor, you at Texas A&M. How close are you guys? I mean, what's your guys' relationship like? Uh, Shay and I are really close. Um, I mean, we, we played against each other all through the summers growing up. Um, we played with each other for Team USA against each other at A&M and Baylor four times. Um, so we've known each other quite well. One of our kids that I played summer ball with uh, played high school with Shay. So I've met Shay kind of through him initially. But you know, Shay and I have become very close. Every Everywhere we've gone, we went to Rome, we roomed together. In spring training, we roomed together. So... Uh, we've gotten a plenty of each other, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, like I said, both growing up in Texas, both playing for Texas universities, getting drafted together, playing for Team USA. Was it exciting to be drafted with him in the first round by the same team? Yeah, so he got drafted by the Braves, and I kind of was I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Send a text, congrats, all that fun stuff. And then it was uh, right after I got drafted, just right whenever the news hit, I was with my family obviously and I was giving my family hugs and that kind of thing and the first text message I had was from Shay that said, said uh, let's do this together and I was like oh my goodness I completely forgot that that's who we embraced and drafted first and I was, I was stoked all over again you mentioned you played against him a lot what was it like having him as a teammate I guess you had him as a teammate for Team USA but uh, it's different and obviously much longer doing it in pro ball and being on the same side as him now as opposed to normally playing against him uh, being on the same side as him is a lot more fun. <laughs> um, I mean, when we were at, at A&M, we'd go into games playing Baylor, and we would just kind of I mean, we'd have our scouting meetings and all that stuff, and we'd basically tell guys, all right, well, 
um, we're going to shut down the running game today unless we're doing a hit and run because you're probably not going to be safe unless the guy on the mound's about a one six one seven. You're not going to be safe, so we're going to shut that down for this game. Being on the other end of that, you know, he's catcher, you're a shortstop. Being on the other end of his throwdowns, does it give you even more appreciation of just uh, just how hard and how accurate he's able to zip it in there? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's unbelievable how, I mean, obviously how hard he throws the ball, but how straight he throws. He's got no tail to his ball. His ball doesn't sink on you, like drop when it get there. It's got, I mean, it, it rides forever. We always joke and say you could probably throw it to the fence two feet off the ground. <laughs> Like the ball just goes forever, and it gets there real quick. I mean, we had a game where we were in Rome, and one of our pitchers was, I mean, super slow to the plate and shaped through like a one eight one and threw a guy about seven feet. It was unbelievable. I'm sure that was a moment where you just muttered a holy expletive in your head when he did that. Oh, absolutely. It was kind of like a holy. Did that just happen? <laughs> kind of moment. It was one of those kind of moments. Yeah, it was. It was impressive. Obviously, the Braves have a tremendous talent base, young talent base in the majors. You know, being drafted by a club that's winning games now, seeing guys like Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies, who in some cases are younger than you or the same age as you. Um, I mean, just how exciting is it to rise, you know, not only with Shea, but knowing that the organization you're going to is one that's winning now and has a young talent base kind of in place? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, they're fun to, those guys are really fun to watch. I mean, they really make you appreciate the game, the way, how much they love the game. And when we're in spring training with them, they just, they always have a good time. So it's fun to be around. It's a fun atmosphere. Um, and then the guys being your age, I mean, Dansby's not too much older uh, than we are either. And he's, he's a ton of fun to be around. I mean, he's a great guy first off, but he's a lot of fun to be around. He's always cracking the joke and making fun of somebody. And it's, it's a good time. I mean, we, we like to have a good time and, I mean, I'd love to have a good time playing baseball. I can't do it. Just super stone straight things. That's just not my personality. I and mean, they make it really easy to come to the yard every day. Well, uh, we hope you're able to get back out on the field soon and have the good times and also just get back out there and uh, continue your rise up uh, through the minors and hopefully to the majors. Braden, thank you so, so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, stay safe out there. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Once again, that was Braden Shoemake, one of the Braves' two first-round picks last year, a shortstop out of Texas A&M, taking number 21 overall. Currently living in Texas, getting ready to hopefully return to the field sometime soon. There's, again, a lot of plans being floated about when Major League Baseball is potentially going to return. A uh, second spring training, opening day. There have been a lot of rumors floating out there about potential proposals that would have the second spring training get started in mid-June and the regular season potentially begin early July. Again, that would be for the major leaguers. There's still a lot to be worked out with the minor leaguers. And again, that's just an early proposal. There's a lot of things that still have to be worked out from player compensation, what cities games could be played in, if testing is going to be available. But they're at least talking about getting players back on the field. You heard Braden mention his team's been telling him to get ready. That's something a lot of teams are telling a lot of players right now. So there's at least the hope that something can get going here within the next month or so. Uh, there's just a lot that still has to be worked out and a lot of things that still have to play out outside of baseball's control. But in the meantime, players are staying ready, and Braden was kind enough again to join us to give us some insight and uh, what he's doing and how players like him are managing times like this, young position player prospects, uh, some of the creativity and some of the drills they have to do, and just all the mental aspects of this as well. This has been another edition of the Baseball America podcast. Go ahead and give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever platform you're listening. I would love to hear from you. Once again, thank you to Braden Shoemake for joining us. For Braden, I'm Kyle Glazer. Thanks for listening, everybody, and stay safe out there.
goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.